Good morning. It is uh, an honor to be up here in front of you all again, and I have to, uh, first off, by giving you some props, this is the third week of our stewardship series, and you guys are still here, so just want to say thank you. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Would you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon this room. Fall fresh upon all those who hear the, your word today, that, and I ask that you would teach us that you would move in us, that your spirit that brings us all together as one um, would, would push us, would challenge us, would, would just um, lead us in where you want us to go. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So again, this is the third week in stewardship. And uh, today, uh, or we've been looking at a couple different reasons why we should give, specifically talking about money. And last week, Pastor Debbie talked about uh, that faith was not a financial decision, but it was a spiritual decision. It's a decision of faith that um, the Bible says, Jesus says that the the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And one of the reasons why God asks us to give, to to tithe to him is not because he needs it, but because he knows we need to, to kind of have our hands forced open on occasion to say, no, I need to give and I'm not just hold on to. And so God, again, God doesn't need the money, but he knows that we need from a spiritual standpoint um, to be prodded to to let go to give. And another reason why that we'll talk about today, and we're going to kind of shift from money a little bit, although money will be part of it, is has to do with the scripture that Steve just read for us, and that is that we are all part of the body of Christ. And that we are called to steward that body to love ourselves as a body of Christ. And to do that, we have to care for one another. We have to give one, to one another. We have to serve one another as the body of Christ. This message this morning is not to be one of guilt, but a sermon of encouragement, but also kind of a health check. As Debbie used the analogy last week that it's kind of going to the doctor's office and maybe you get poked a little bit. But here is your yearly bodily, spiritual body checkup when it comes to the body of Christ. How are we doing? How are you doing? How am I doing when it comes to stewarding our body? Because we are all one. We represent unity in diversity. And the beauty of the body of Christ is that we're all different. Each and every single one of us is different, and we bring different things to the table, yet by the Spirit of the living God, we are all brought together as one body. And we are called to love each other as if we were our own body. You know the the greatest commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't do the best job at loving my own body. And I need help with that. And so, of course, I'm going to need help with loving all of you. And I'm guessing you all need help with loving me. Right? So let's look at this a little bit. We are all interconnected. And what happens to one of us affects all of us. And verse 26 of the scripture this morning says, If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Do you hear that? If one part suffers, every part suffers. Suffers with it. 
If one of us is struggling, if one of us is suffering, if one of us is in need, then all of us are struggling, suffering, and are in need. Goes on to say, but if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. It says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. I'm assuming that everybody in here is part of the each one of you, right? You can't get past that language. If you are here as a professed Christian, it doesn't matter whether you have been here since Calvary started or you just came last week. We are all connected. We are all part of one body through one spirit. Again, it doesn't matter if you are here as a family, if you're single, if you're married, if you're divorced. It doesn't matter if you're employed or unemployed. It doesn't matter if you're a little kid or you're a youth or a college student. You are part of this body. We are all interconnected. It doesn't matter if you have a degree or don't have a degree. It doesn't matter if you've read the Bible in a year or if you haven't. I say that somewhat in joking, but but for a lot of people, they're like, I just don't know enough spiritually. I'm really not part of the body. It doesn't matter. Every single one of us in here is connected, and we are the body of Christ. And we are called to care for one another, to serve one another, to love one another. And we do that by sharing of our gifts and our talents. We do that by sharing the blessings and the gifts that God has given us. And he gave them to you for a reason so that you could give them to the body so that the body could be whole. In the scripture verse that, we, that was read Right before that, I want you to put this in context so you know um, what Paul was saying here. He says, and this is starting in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but they are all given to believers by the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve, but they all can't come from the same Lord. There are different ways the Spirit works, but the same God is working in all these ways and in all people. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way that is for the good of all. Let me read that last one so you can, it can sink in. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way that is, good for, that is for the good of all. Again, that each of us. You cannot sit in here as part of the body in Christ and say, I have not been given any gifts. God has not come and blessed me with anything to share. You cannot say that because the Holy Spirit has given something to each of us. And it all varies. But you've been given gifts. You've been given blessings for the sole purpose of sharing with everybody else for the good of all. Now the spiritual gifts that is talking about here are, you know, gifts of teaching and preaching and prophecy and hospitality and wisdom, discernment, tongues, and the list goes on. And we've all been given spiritual gifts to varying, de- varying degrees. 
And it does not matter what position you hold in the church or if you hold any kind of position or serving positions. We have all been given gifts spiritually. And I will tell you that just because I'm up here and ordained as a pastor does not mean that I've been given more spiritual gifts than other people in the church. I've just been called to be here. And whether you've been gifted greatly or with a little bit, the rules don't change for you. You are called to give, to offer, to be generous with what God has given you. And really this goes across the spectrum. Some, some of us have been gifted with more money than others. Some have been gifted with more time than others. Some are, are gifted physically with strength, with you know, being able to do sports. You know, I, in youth ministry, I almost laugh now because so often I get a phone call or an email with a request saying, hey, we need something moved. Can the youth come and move it? Or I need leaves raked or I need whatever, a physical task from someone who no longer has a, the, those physical gifts that they used to, but the youth have those gifts, Right? So as much as we can say, yes, we will go help you do that because we are sharing of the gifts that we currently presently have to go do that, right? Maybe you're gifted in sports. You can help lead a sports ministry. Maybe you're gifted in music, in art, creativity. I wish I could draw. My seven-year-old daughter can draw pictures better than I can. I am not gifted in that, that way, but I'm gifted in other areas that I can share, that I can give. Some of you have mental gifts, gifts of being able to organize things well. I am not one of those people. As, when it comes to organization, when it comes to logistics, when it comes to administration, has never been my strong point. And I have led mission trips of over 100 people. And it takes a lot of administrative work to organize the registration and payment and, and all the, the moving parts when it comes to that. And guess what? I have been blessed by other people in the congregation saying, hey, these are my gifts. I love to do this work. I can't, I, I mean, I can't wait to get up and look at spreadsheets all day. <laughs> Some of you are like, yes, that's me. That, that's not me, but I've been blessed by people who have come in and said, I'm willing. I can't go swing a hammer on a work camp, but I can come and run a spreadsheet and make sure that everything works logistically for you. Others are gifted with education and fields of study that are useful for us as a church to help govern ourselves, to help, help live in a world that we live in with business and all of that. Others are gifted emotionally with empathy, compassion, emotional IQ. There, there are people in this church that you would think that, okay, for me as a pastor, I would just automatically have these gifts, but I don't. There are people in this, in this church that can see the needs of people that I just pass over. And their heart breaks for that, and they, they see those needs, like, they'll, and they'll come to me like, hey, can we help this person out, or can we help this group out? There's this need there. I'm like, how did I miss this need? I'm so thankful that you have a heart of compassion, that you can see that you can come in and we can do something about this. Does that make sense? We've all been gifted. We've all been gifted in many different ways, in sometimes different seasons in our life, we've had more giftings than others. 
there's some of us who might be in here being like, you know what? I don't feel like I'm gifted anywhere. I have no money. I have no time. I'm a single parent trying to run all these kids around everywhere, and I'm the one who needs help. And if that's you, hold on, because we'll get to you. But there's most of us in here, I would say, we have been gifted plenty, and we may not be giving all that we should. In fact, according to the scripture here, I don't think it is possible for us, I shouldn't say possible, I don't think we should say, or we cannot say that we don't have anything to offer the body. Nobody should be able to come in and sit here on a Sunday morning or watch us live if you're connected and sit and say, I, have, I really have nothing I can give. I'm not, not really good at anything. That is not how God set this up to work. And I know that that is not what God has done in your life. It might be something so small that you think is just so insignificant that you're like, it's not even worth giving. But God is saying, no, I want you to give. That's what I want you to give. Even though it might not seem like it will make any kind of difference in the world or any kind of difference in the church, that's what I want you to give. Just trust me. Just give. I've given it to you to give to the body so that the body might be made whole and healthy. And if you are in one of those seasons where you are blessed greatly and you just know it, maybe you give a little bit more. For those people who are in a season of want and need, maybe you can step up your share so that the whole body can be taken care of, so that one part isn't suffering and causing the whole body to suffer. The beauty of the body of Christ is that I know that I am deficient in many areas, but I also know that God has brought people into this church that will match those deficiencies with their gifts and their talents. As I just mentioned in work camp, where I am weak in that organization part where the body of Christ has stepped up and filled that need so that it doesn't, we don't have a weakness in that area, right? I know that wherever I am weak, there are other people in the body of Christ that are strong, that I can lean on. I love this when it comes to theological studies. I am not one who's ever been where I've just loved to dive into other languages. I mean, I think other languages are cool, but it's not one, been one of my areas of love to get into the Hebrew and the Greek and to really do deep uh, type of exegetical studies like that. But there are people in the body of Christ who are gifted in that. And they get to do that work and then they get to share that work. One of... Calvary Student Ministries' main core philosophies that we've had ever since I've been here is that no youth would ever miss out on anything because of money. We've had many youth come in through the doors and many families and youth who really have nothing. And to go on our, on our mission trip, our work camp, it takes a lot of money. It's, it's a financial commitment. And I know with confidence, I can always say, every time we have an activity, I can say to the youth, hey, this is what it costs, but if you can't do this, we will cover that cost for you because we have a, that's what the body of Christ is here for. 
And I don't know how many times, and I'll just use work camp as an example. You've heard me talk about that way too much. But how many times where I've had youth and families who have had multiple youth coming, they just can't cover it. And all I have to do is make a couple phone calls and say, hey, I've got some people who want to go on work camp, but they can't cover the cost. And, and they're immediately be like, hey, I will cover that for them. I even have old youth who will call me up and say, hey, Michael, I want to give Give, not just to my own church, but to back to Calvary to work camp. Are there youth who could use their pavement covered for work camp? I'd be happy to pay for them. And it's that body of Christ coming in, being the body where others are weak, others have plenty, and we share in need or share in common so that no one is in need. If you read Acts chapter 4, you see this is what the early church did. It's beautiful. I know that where I'm lacking, others aren't, and vice versa. And we have a whole body, a gathering of Christ followers of church who are brought together by the Spirit to share, to give, that we might be whole. Again, let me say this, not out of guilt, but out of responsibility and really reality. If we don't give, if I don't give, if you don't give what God is calling you to give, the whole body suffers. God has designed the body of Christ with blessings plentiful. And he is calling on me and to you to give of our blessing so that the body can be made whole. And if I don't do that, it means that the body is suffering. Again, I'm not saying this out of guilt. I'm just giving you the reality of how God set this up to work. In the Old Testament, when the nation of Israel, before it really became a nation, actually, they were led out of Egypt by Moses. I mean, we've all seen the Prince of Egypt movie, right? We've seen the plagues, and we know they go through the, the Red Sea and everything. And they get out in the wilderness, and they ended up wandering the wilderness for 40 years, right? And every morning, God provided the people with manna and quail. It just appeared. God just uh, um, provided them food for them every single day. It would be nice if God still did that today, right? I mean, maybe change it up a few days so it's not manna and quail every day. But I know it's a fair question to say, God, why don't you, if there are people in need of their church, why doesn't God just make this sustenance or whatever we need just magically appear, right? He did that back in the Old Testament. Why doesn't he do that now? Well, if you think about it, the nation of Israel was just becoming its own nation. In fact, God was teaching them what it meant to be part of, of his family, of his kingdom. And so while he was teaching them, he provided for them. But then once they got to be a family, he said, all right, now these are the rules. And it, in, uh, um, in Leviticus, we see this in chapter 23, 22. There's a couple of these rules in the Old Testament, but here's one of them. He says, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. 
If you were a farmer, you were supposed to leave somewhere on the edges, and if anything dropped while you were doing your harvest, you were supposed to leave it there so that any who are poor, widowed, orphaned, or a foreigner could come in and pick up and be taken care of food-wise. That God made it part of the nation of Israel's responsibility to care for one another, to use the blessings that they had been given to give back. That is what we are called to do as a church as well. That is how God's kingdom is set up. Not one where he just magically provides, but where he gifts us to provide for each other. In verse 21 of the scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we we heard that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. I cannot say to you, I don't need you. You cannot say to the person next to you, I don't need you. Nor, I think, can you say, you don't need me. That is an easy trap to fall into. It's easy to come maybe sit in the back and say, you know, this church has, has, it's going on, it's doing what they don't need me. They have people who help run the children's and the youth or who, who help do coffee and, and greet and, and they don't need me. But the truth is we do need you. God made us need you whether we want to or not. That is how the body works. I need you and you need me. We see this in the early church in Acts chapter 6 where I mentioned that their needs were all kind of being met and everything. But then a couple chapters later, we begin to see that that starts to break down. Where the apostles were preaching and everything, but then some widows were not being cared for. And so they came to the apostles and said, hey, this is all well and good what we're doing, but we have people here who are going hungry. And so what did they do? They went to the church and said, all right, let's find people who are gifted in this area. And let's bring them in and they're gifted with wisdom and discernment and the spirit is on them and let's uh, anoint them and they can help serve it. And it began this picture of what it means to be the body of Christ that is not led by the pastors, it is not led by the staff, but it is led by all of us coming together and sharing and giving of our gifts and our talents. So with that being said, I want to just... Take a moment and just vision for us for just a little bit. What is Calvary supposed to be? What are we called to be? How are we called to minister to one another? How are we called to minister to the world? Because here's the thing. However God is calling us to be, he is equipping us to do whatever he's calling us to do. Does that make sense? It's not like God is saying, I want you to go do this, but then I'm not going to give you the resources to go do it. God doesn't work that way. If he is calling us to be something, he is gifting us in here, in these walls, in this community, to go do what we are called to do. Does that make sense? So if we believe that God is calling us to be a hospitable, welcoming, friendly church, by the way, every church says that we are just a welcoming, friendly church. And you all know that not all churches are like that, right? So if we believe that we are called to do that, guess what we need? 
We need people who are willing to step up and serve and volunteer on Sunday mornings to welcome people, hold the doors, serve coffee, donuts, be watching for people who are coming in who might be visitors to to help them. We need people to step up and serve in that area because God has gifted people in this area to do that. If we believe that we're supposed to have a church that has strong fellowship, well, to get strong fellowship, we need to gather, right? Which means we need people to step up and say, you know what, I can event plan. I can come together and I can put together an event and, and you know, again, people who love spreadsheets, all that kind of stuff, right? I can do that. Well, if we, want to, if we think we're called to be a church of great fellowship, we need, there are people in here who are gifted to that and you need to, to step up and say, let's do it. I'll do it. I'll be there. I'll serve. You need me and I need you. If we're a church that is called to, to raise up the next generation, a church that really cares about discipling our children and our youth, then friends, we need to say, you know what? God has given us gifts for that. Maybe he's given me a little, maybe it's just a small little gift, but I'm, I'm going to go help out with the kids or I'm going to go help out with the youth. It might be scary. Those teenagers, they're a little scary, right? But I know this is who God wants us to be, so I will step out and I will give and I will serve in this area. What if God has called us to be a church that makes worship a priority? That we come together with authentic, genuine worship every Sunday and even on other days besides Sunday. I know, that's crazy. But if that's the case, that means that there are people gifted in here to make that happen. That means we need people who are saying, I'm willing to get up and serve and I'll, and I'll join the choir or I'll read scripture or I'll be in the tech loft or I'll be in the band, whatever it might be. God is calling us to be a church that worships powerfully and I'm called to be a part of that. I will step up and I will serve. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. We can go in every area of this, right? If we're called to be a church that makes being formed by the word of God a priority, if God is calling us to be discipleship, Bible-based people who will get in and read and be challenged by scripture, then we need Bible study leaders. We need small group leaders. People say, you know what, I will give up an hour of my Sundays to, to go help other people go, or I'll show up at five in the morning to men's faith and fellowship. Whatever it might be. Maybe there's not a group that meets your need. You're like, you know what, I, will, I know there are other people like me, so I will start this group. I will give so that the body might be made whole. Or a church that God is calling us to where we care for the least among us. People who are willing to step up and get low to serve the least of these. In our community, but also here in our church, when we call for the big give, you know, you're like, you know what, I don't have much this month, but I'm still going to give. Or our food pantry out there. Or you just come and come to, just start asking around, hey, are there some people who are really struggling? I would love to help take, bring them food or figure out some way that I can help with childcare or whatnot. So that if there's one of us who's the least of these that is suffering, causing all of us to suffer, that we're, we're not going to stand for that. We're going to step up, we're going to give, we're going to serve. Are we called to be a church that takes the gospel into the community and even beyond? For some of us, it might mean that we go. 
that what God has blessed us with is the ability to go. We might not want to go. That's a whole other discussion. But whether we go out into the community and go into places that we don't feel comfortable with or we go serve farther around our country or even beyond. Is God calling on you? Has he gifted you? Has he blessed you to go out and share the gospel within our community? If so, you need to go. You need to go. Friends, I believe that God is equipping you so that Calvary can be what it's called to be. God is equipping you so that Calvary can be what it's called to be. But if we hold on to those gifts, we will never get there. See, stewardship is all about obedience that comes out of our faithfulness. It's obedience that comes out of our faithfulness. It might not be easy, might be hard. I mean, it will be hard. But if we have faith that God will take care of us, even when we give out of our our want, he will take care of us. Pastor Debbie mentioned the, the widow who gave the two mites last week, who didn't have anything and she gave all that she had. And she did it out of faithfulness, knowing that God would take care of her. And God had set up a nation that was supposed to come around and lift her up. When you give, do you give out of a faithfulness that God will lift you up, that God will take care of you? I want to end with this picture. Kind of maybe the promise. For those of you who have been giving, I want you to hear this promise. And for those of you who, you know, you've kind of been sitting there and be like, I'm not sure what I should do. Maybe hear this. I want to go to John chapter 6 with the parable, or not the parable, this true story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And just to put this into context, Jesus had been teaching a multitude of people, 5,000 plus women and children, so you're looking at over 10,000 probably, that had been following him all day and he had been teaching them and teaching them. And they get towards the end of the day and the disciples are saying, hey, the day's ending. These people haven't eaten all day. They're starving. There's nowhere, no Chick-fil-A's around here for the Lord's chicken, right? So there, there's nothing here. Sent Jesus, just tell these people to go so that they can go home and get food. And Jesus said, no, give them something to eat. And the disciples looked at him like he was crazy. But then a little boy, who again is part of the body, right? Doesn't matter how old you are. A little boy had five loaves and two fish and came up to Jesus and said, hey, I have these. Will these, will these help? If that little boy was me, if I was going to be honest, I would be looking around at everybody else and be like, no one else here has any food. I'm at least going to go off and eat my food and supper because I'm starving, right? This little boy gave his food. Now he's hungry, right? So Jesus, will these help? And five loaves and two fish. And Jesus took the, the food and he gave thanks, as he often does. And then he gave the food to his disciples and told them to give to the people as much as they want. It says that they went out and they fed the multitude and they gave everybody, not as much as they needed just to get by that day, but as much as they wanted. And when they got done with everything, the disciples had each had a basket overflowing of food. It's a miracle of the multitude. It wasn't that Jesus said, here's manna and quail from the ground, right? He could have done it. He did it before. He said, no, I want 
our needs to be met by the body sharing and giving. And here's this little boy who had just a, so little compared to the need. And he faithfully gave that up. And as the fish and the loaves of bread passed from hand to hand within the body of Christ, it multiplied and multiplied till there was abundance that could be shared with the world. My friends, if you have been given, hear this. If you are giving to Calvary right now in whatever way it is, God is blessing that and he is multiplying that. And if you are not giving or you know that you could be giving more, guess what? God will bless it and he will multiply it so that the body of Christ will be without need. We need each other. We're connected. We are one body. And when one of us is hurting, we're all hurting. So let me end here just with a question. Where and how should you be stewarding the gifts that God has given you? so that Calvary can be the church that God has called it to be. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you, and if we're being honest before you, God, we know that in some ways we have done this very well, in other ways that we have fallen short, that you have blessed us and that you have given us our time, talents, in all sorts of areas that we're, maybe we're holding on to and, and not sharing for whatever reason. Lord, may this be a reminder, a wake-up call um, that we can step out in faith that we can give even though it might seem scary and that you will bless it and that you will multiply it and that this church might be made whole and that we might be able to go and with abundance go and share with the world. It's in your name I pray. Amen. <laughs>